All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to church this morning. I'm just going to invite everybody uh, to come in. We're about to, to jump into worship. And regardless of what's going on, our God reigns. Regardless of what our week's been like, regardless of what's going on politically, regardless of what's, what's going on with our neighbors, regardless of all the things that can so easily get us distracted, our God reigns. Over that person you've been praying for years, over that family member you can't get out of your head, over our kids, over our spouses, over our fathers, our mothers, our sons, our daughters, our cousins, our uncles, our nephews, our nieces, our aunts, our God reigns. God, this morning we give you, we give you our all. We give you everything we can bring. The big, the small, everything inside of us, God, what we can offer this morning, we bring it to you and we say, God, we give you praise because you reign and you are good. God, have your way this morning. Do your thing. Move the way you want to. And God, we thank you that we get to be a part of it. And so as we jump in this morning, I just want to encourage everyone, let's bring what we have. The big, the small, he deserves our praise, whatever we have this morning. God, have your way. The last verse of the book of John says this, and many more things Jesus did, but they weren't written down. If we did, I'm sure the whole earth would be full of the books. There's a bunch of miracles that we don't know about. There's a bunch of stuff that the Lord did that isn't written down. That means there's way more miracles than you think. That's what we're contending for right now. A release of the miracle-working power of God because they're far more abundant than we think. So will you dare to let your heart dream? Will you dare to let your faith rise and go, whoa, unnamed miracles? What else can you do, God? Can you do it in my situation? Can you do it in my life? So we have an opportunity right now to partner with the Holy Spirit and bring some declarations as to what the Lord wants to do. So if God lays a declaration on your heart, I just want you to be ready to come up next to bring that prayer, and we're going to join with you in that. So... So, Gavin, if you want to come up, we're going to blow the shofar here. But I had a dream about 10 days ago. And in the dream, the Lord said to me, can you believe in a million miracles? I said, yes, Lord, I can believe in a million miracles. He says, I want you to start documenting a million miracles. I said, yes, Lord, I'll document a million miracles. He said, that's nothing. That's nothing. So when faith arises... Millions and millions of miracles will be documented. I also hear the Lord say, because we're singing it, 
from Passover, that's where we're here right now, from Passover to crossover to takeover. Can we believe that we're going into a season of taking over? Hallelujah. And I heard the Spirit of God say to me, make an announcement for the procurement. So Gavin's going to release the shofar, and I'm just going to make some decrees, declarations. So, Lord, we decree the lightnings and thunders of God loosed over the nations of the earth. Lord, we decree that the bride of Christ, the warring bride, will take over. Take over. Take over. Lord, we decree that we've seen nothing yet. Lord, we decree that a miracle, a million miracles is nothing for you. Loose your power in Jesus' name. So if there's another declaration, we want two or three more people come up and just declare what God's placed on your heart. We're in a faith place right now, so I, what I want to do is I want to agree with you for your miracle. I want to agree with you to step through that door. There's a door open right now. The priest's feet have touched the water. There's an opening right now. <clears throat> Too often the people of God stand and look at an opening instead of walking through. So I'm agreeing with you right now. I'm agreeing with you right now. And we're stepping through the door together. I don't care if I have to carry you. I don't care if I have to, you know, push you. I don't care what it is. But I agree with you right now to step through that door, to grab a hold of that thing that the Lord has put before you. That thing that you never felt faith for before and you feel, whether you're online or whether you're in the room, right now you feel an energy of faith for it. I agree with you right now. I agree with you right now. We stepped through the door this morning. Acts 1.8 You will receive power You will receive power You will receive power And you will be my witnesses To Judea and Samaria He who wins souls Is wise I declare We are a soul winning church Edmonton region the Lord has released an assignment that impossible conditions are about to change. Watch the Edmonton region. Churches of Edmonton and surrounding area. Watch what the Lord is about to do in your community. Impossible circumstances are about to change. Watch the newspapers. Watch the headlines in the news. Watch Facebook. Churches in the Edmonton region. Get ready, get ready, get ready. 
You're about to be eyewitnesses, and you're going to have to testify. Lord, I declare that our families will no longer live in the shame of sin, but will live in forgiveness and freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I declare that all the prodigals are coming home. I declare that by the power of God's love, there will be deliverance from drug addictions in an instant. In an instant, through the power of God's love, there will be no more drug addictions. I just declare the new day. It's a new day. The sun is coming out. It's the dawning of a new day. And the sun is melting away. All the dew off the grass. All the things that need to melt away. The heat of the sun. The power of the sun is coming. And we are entering in to this new day. Can't you see it around us? There is evidence everywhere. We anticipate the new day that is coming. I declare an end, a breaking of the shackles that have kept us doing church the way that we've always done it. I declare new life in the church. I declare new life in the church that starts with the people in the seats, not starting with the leadership, but starting with the people in the seats. That This is going to be a new way. There's going to be a river of life that is flowing out of us that is unstoppable. So we declare his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, Lord. So as we go back into worship, by faith, let's advance. We're going to go back into Hosanna. Uh, Hosanna is an expression of adoration, praise, and joy. Because the declarations we've made are already done. Get that? A declaration is done, so we will praise and celebrate... Uh, this morning, all, all morning, I felt a declaration, and I, and I saw some pictures this morning, and there's a lot going on, and I'm going to try my best to explain this. But this morning, I very strongly felt like there's three or four people specifically in this room or watching online, and, uh, and, and you have been praying and believing for a very long time for a person in your life to encounter Jesus and you have been praying and believing and believing and praying and praying and you've even might have come in this morning feeling dejected like you wanted to let up let go and to stop but this morning was actually a reminder 
and an encouragement for you. I feel like there's three or four people specifically, and it might be more. But this morning has been a journey through that process, right? It may look like you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by him. This is how you fight your battles. And so there's a declaration to keep being faithful. Jen saying it, to be faithful and to keep going. And there was one part, I saw this picture and I didn't fully understand it, but then Bailey completed the picture for me this morning. If you're brave enough, can I get you to come up here? You can bring your sister if you need to. Just her. Uh, I do need, can, can you and you come just surround her a little bit? As we were praying, I saw this picture of this black wall. And, and the people you've been praying for, there's been a black wall holding them back. And Bailey came up to me this morning and said, can you declare over depression, anxiety, and suicide? And I feel like there's been some of you praying who have been praying and praying and praying and praying, and there's actually a wall of depression and suicide uh, and, and anxiety that's been holding back the people that you've been praying for. And this morning I saw a light through the darkness. Like a knife through butter, I saw a crack in that wall of darkness. And I actually believe that we need to declare this morning light through anxiety, through depression, and through uh, uh, the thoughts of suicide. And then we are going to celebrate. Hosanna because it is done. Hosanna because it is done. And so, God, I declare this morning over those people that we have been believing for for so very long. And, God, I pray that there there is mental health issues. I pray that where there is depression, where there are thoughts of suicide, where there are anxiety, I pray that today it is done. And I declare in this moment, right now, in 2020, that your light would shine into those areas, that wherever those people are at, God, that your light would fall in that room and they would have an encounter that would change the direction of their life. Anxiety, you are done. Depression, you are done. Suicide thoughts, you are done. And I pray, God, that your light and your river of life would flow right now. And God, I am grateful that it is done. And with all the faith we can muster... We sing. (laughs) It's done. It's done. And I actually feel we need to just shout. If you know me, this is not my thing. But there is a call to shout. to, To wrap up what God has already done. You ready? One, two... Three.
done. done. Bailey, thank you for being a representation of the change that God is going to do in the community. I did not warn her I was going to call up here, and she was brave enough and trusted me enough <laughs> to get up here. And actually, through your faithfulness, Bailey, it's changed generations to come. Amen. In your line, in your family, in your brother's family, in, in your cousins and uncles and nephews and your nephews and nieces, niece, maybe future nieces, yeah. more nieces, <laughs> and in your children. There's, this is the day that you can mark the change. Yeah. All right. Well, how was that? You know, interesting. Um, I want to do something here in a minute, but Wednesday night uh, prayer. Um, near the end, Bernice just had a unction from the Holy Spirit to begin to pray over suicide and depression, right? Which we just walked into again. And so I don't know if you're hearing it or not, but the Holy Spirit is actually highlighting something, right, that he wants to deal with now, right? Because I know there's people in this room who have struggled with anxiety and depression, and you have Jesus. And there are people outside of this room right now where it's magnified in ways that we cannot imagine, right? And those suicidal thoughts that come with it. So when I hear that on the Wednesday and I hear it again today, we need to be declaring from the rooftops, right? That no more suicide, no more depression, no more anxiety. So right now, if that's you, right? I don't know. Put your hand on your head, whatever you need to do. If you're embarrassed to do that, you know, then don't do it. But you know what? Let's just do this. God, no more. In Jesus' name, no more anxiety, no more depression, no more suicidal thoughts. We pray this over our community right now in Jesus' name, and we partner with you, Lord, in this. I want us to do something here. I felt it probably about two minutes ago. Um, I felt like the Lord said we need to be silent for a minute here because I feel specifically the Holy Spirit wants to speak to some of you right now, and I feel what I'm supposed to tell you is this is don't immediately go to that place. That's not him. That's not him. I want you to listen right now because I feel there are circumstances that we just sang about, we just declared, right? And the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you right now. And he wants to speak his thoughts into this. So let's just do it. Just close your eyes. Take 30 seconds to a minute and just listen to the Spirit of God right now. Thank you, Lord. You know, immediately the first thing I started to do was I went to this place, and in my head I was saying, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. Did any of you do that as you were silent? Okay. I started to do that. Then I heard the Holy Spirit say, shh. (laughs) Right? Shh. Some of these things that we instantly do, right? And then I heard him say this. And I see a picture of it right now. It's like a clock without the second hand, but it still moves because of the inner parts. And I feel like he's saying that right now, that you may not be able to see certain things, but it is on the move. And I see the Holy Spirit just moving in your circumstance and your situation right now. He's wanting to touch it. 
You may not see it, but it's actually happening. Whew, we need to pray for Norm. Wow, you feel that? Right? Right now, Father God, we pray for Norm right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, you see where Norm is at right now. It is not too big for you. You can come in. You can move right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father God, those demons, those things that have followed him, we bind them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare freedom for him. We declare freedom for him in the name of Jesus. And we believe and we call for his parole to come forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be so in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I mean, we got to call some of this stuff out, right? Enough's enough. All right, come on. It's one of the things when we do this, you got to yield to the Holy Spirit, right? I hear the Spirit of God say, do I have a little hand or do I have a big hand? The Spirit of God says, I have a big hand. Is it nothing? Is it impossible for me? There is a time, a plumb line that I've released into the earth. It is time, says the Lord. I have a big, big hand. This is where you get nervous. Do I really want to speak? (laughs) You know, there is accountability on us. Holy Spirit, have your way. I just pray online right now, too, for all of you that are watching right now, that, you know, the Holy Spirit is not just in this room. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. And so, Holy Spirit, just touch each person that is watching today. Move in their lives right now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Those circumstances... Done in Jesus' name. Done in Jesus' name. <laughs> we got another declaration. Yeah. Oh, the Lord wants to release a spirit of faith over you. Because, you know, Peter said, where am I going to go? You have the words of life. You have the words of life. And God's going to put you in situations. He's already put you in situations that demand the word of life. So I just release a spirit of faith over you now in the name of Jesus. And he's going to put you in uncomfortable positions. He's going to put you in serious positions where people need a word of life because they believe that spirit of death. And we've seen that spirit of death released on the earth. And we're going, ha, 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 ha. We laugh at you. We laugh at you. And you'll go into those situations with a spirit of joy and a spirit of hope in Jesus' name. And the devil will go, who is this that showed up today? It's going to be the spirit of Jesus Christ. The spirit of Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead in Jesus' name. And that you have no enemies because he defeated every enemy. He defeated the enemy of depression. He defeated the enemy of self-preservation. He defeated every single thought that would exalt itself above the knowledge of him. And so when you go into those situations in your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, and you can discern by the Holy Spirit that there's trouble here. You can discern that they're having a bit of a problem. And you can go to them and say, what's the problem? What's the problem? I just feel like you got a problem. And I know the solution. His name is Jesus. The solution is not going to come from here for you. It's going to come from heaven. And you're going to just 
you're going to believe God. And just because out of that compassionate spirit, that's why Jesus died, out of a compassionate spirit. Out of a spirit that wanted to help. Out of a spirit that wanted to reach out with his whole heart, with his whole body, with everything that was in him. So now you get to do that. Oh, we get to do that and watch him be glorified on the earth. And that's all it takes is a little bit of warmth, a little bit of boldness, a little bit of courage that'll come now by faith in Jesus Christ, not in you, not in us. We got nothing, but he is everything. In Jesus' mighty name, release God faith over your people, over your people to be the saving grace that you are on the earth. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, did you guys see that coming? We got a white T.D. Jakes over here, right? I love it. Oh, Lord, have your way, right? Have your way, Lord. Wow. Well, let me tell you something, man. That was, that was a great time of worship. And this, does, this kind of fits into to what I want to talk about because I want to talk about the children of Israel because, again, they had a moment just like we had right? They had a moment just like this, right? And what took place after that moment astounds me, right? And we all know this right now. We've had these moments in church many times, times, right? We've had these moments where it's like, man, the worship was great. The spirit of God was there. And then church ended and we walked out those doors, right? And then we know what happens. Life continues, right? And it will happen again today, you will walk out those doors and life will continue, right? This moment we just had, as beautiful as it was, is done. But there's a next moment. And it doesn't have to wait until Sunday, right? That next moment can be this afternoon. That next moment can be in your car. That next moment can be Monday. It can be at school. It can be in work, right? We know that's going to happen in Jesus' name, right? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I entitled my message today, We Can't Stay Here. <laughs> right? That's the truth. We've got to keep on moving on, right? We don't have a choice, right? And uh, as I was praying into this, I was asking the Lord, what are the very things that keep us locked in our position, stuck in the moments where we don't move on? And I think most of us know it's when the obstacles and the pain, the very things that we were contending for today in worship, There's a reason we went that direction, because we were contending for something. Those obstacles that are in front of you, the very things that we don't see, but you have them. You go home and you deal with them week by week, month by month. Some of you see breakthrough, but others, it's still in there. And we see those obstacles, those issues, and those problems. And for some of us this morning, we actually couldn't go into what we were doing. Because that obstacle or that issue or that problem was too big. In fact, we were focused on that because that thing was actually starting to take some ownership. Right? And so God wants to come in right now. And I'm telling you, man, he wants to teach us the process we're on. He wants to show us what he's trying to do. He wants us to see past the obstacles that are in front of us. It's one of the things that holds us back. 
right? We see that hill, we see that mountain, and it's just too big. So what do we do? Nothing, right? Absolutely nothing. You know, I'm going to share this. I shared this in the first service. I shared a story about when I, uh, I did uh, a Spartan race. If you're not familiar with the Spartan race, it's a crazy event that guys who are in their mid to late 40s do when they're having a bit of a midlife crisis and they're feeling like they can't do any of the things they used to do, like football and all this stuff. So they sign up for these silly things to make them feel like they're still young. Well, I signed up for a Spartan race because I want to stay young. I want to get in shape. And there were some events that led to that. If you were here in the first service, you know what I'm talking about. My wife gave me a a little challenge. I'll speed this up, but she basically was doing a 15-minute workout video. And she challenged me to do that 15-minute workout video, right? And, of course, when I'm challenged, I'm going to do it because I'm very competitive, right? That's just inside of me. Me and Mark, man, you would not want to see us in those zones. You would not think we're Christians at times, right? So never come and watch us, whether it's pickleball or hockey. It does not matter. I am not proud of what takes over, right? But I'm serious. That competition kicks in, right? And so Jen just telling me that I can't do a 15-minute video is like, I'll show you, right? And, of course, I went to do this 15-minute workout video, and I lasted all of five minutes. And I was dying, and I realized I am just not the person I used to be. And so that inspired a whole bunch of events that begin to take place in my life of, I'm going to shift this. I want to get healthy. I want to get back in shape. So I signed up for the Spartan race because I knew if I signed up for this race, I would not want to look bad when I was running it, which meant I knew for a fact I would take the next six months and actually work out. And that's what I did. I spent six months running five kilometers. I spent six months doing weights. I spent six months trying to do everything I could because I knew there were all these obstacles. So whatever I felt I was going to face, I trained for all those things. I showed up at the race, and I was there with Matt and Carrie. Lori is in the back because Lori was there with her son. And uh, David Clementson was there as well. I don't know if any of you know David Clementson. Let's throw that picture up real quick. David Clementson is on the far left, the biggest guy of the group. This is our group. Oh, yeah, Chad Mottershed was part of that group as well. You can turn it off. But David Clementson was one of the individuals that came on this adventure, right, because I didn't want to do it by myself. So I asked others to come, and some did, and I was very proud of that. And so we got to the starting line of this Spartan Spartan race. And I remember getting to the Spartan starting line ready to go with everything in me, right? And I was like, I'm not going to look stupid. Actually, I forgot about this. I didn't say this in the first service. I really wanted to beat Matt. <laughs> I just felt it. Right? I, it was a reminder, actually. Remember, Chris, you wanted to beat Matt really bad. <laughs> hey, in my head, it was 5K. I'm like, I can beat Matt at 5K, right? In my head. Stop it, Jim. <laughs> Right? Let me have the dream for at least 10 seconds. Jeez. But I remember all these feelings, and then 
David Clementson, of all people, comes. David, if you're watching, I love you, and I am going to rub this moment in your face just a little bit, right? David Clementson comes right beside me, and we're on the starting line waiting for the gun to go off for the Spartan race. And David just looks over at me, and he goes, Pastor Chris. I said, what? And he's like, I need to share something with you. Is it okay? Like, we're about to start a race. Go ahead. He goes, well, I got to share this with you. I had a dream last night. Oh, you had a dream. Yeah, okay. Well, I had a dream, Pastor Chris, that we were running this very Spartan race. And in fact, you were in front of me. You were beating me. But at the finish line, I passed you. (laughs) And then he does this. He just literally goes. (laughs) And I'm sitting there as the gun goes bang, thinking to myself, what was that? Like, who does that right before the start of a race, you know? But I'm telling you, man, I came, out of, uh, I came out of that very fast. I took off. I was ahead of Matt for probably, no, not three seconds, lies. Three minutes is probably more like it. No, actually, I was ahead of him for probably good, uh, I don't know, five or ten minutes, right? Because it was all kind of low on the ground and all this, and there were obstacles, and I, he actually missed a few obstacles, and I didn't, right? And if you miss an obstacle, you have to do 30 burpees, right? And so Matt missed a few obstacles. So I was actually ahead of Matt, feeling pretty good about myself. And I remember, and I was ahead of David Clementson, just like his dream, right? I was running pretty good, and I came around this one quarter, corner, and then I realized it was entirely uphill pretty much the rest of the way. Well, the one thing that I had never trained for was hills. That never crossed my mind. Tareen actually was there too. Tareen ran the race before I did, and so did Paul. But I remember thinking to myself, self, oh my goodness, hills. I'm dead, right? And I started running up this hills, and I'm thinking, okay, it can't be that bad. I'll be able to do this. And I start running up this hill, and I'm telling you, man, I felt it right away. I ran for a little bit. Remember this, Lori, man? It was not fun. Right? You're running up the hill, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to walk up the hill, and then I'm trying to run, and I'm walking. And, of course, there goes Matt Blacklock. Right? <laughs> Matt Blacklock, he, he does hills for breakfast. Right? That is his thing. He absolutely loves that stuff. Right? Well, David Clementson passed me, and a bunch of other... Carrie Blacklock passed me. Everybody was passing me, right? So I was that guy. And I just remember, right, like, this nature inside of me is like, I'm not going to quit. But I got to tell you something. I wanted to. That feeling in that moment when I saw what was in front of me, every single thing in me wanted to quit, right? Except my pride. My pride was like, I'm not going to quit because I'll look really bad and Matt won't let it down forever, right? I remember this moment and then we get up a little higher and they have this silly thing where it's called the bucket brigade. And you literally have to take a bucket filled with about 50 pounds of sand and you have to keep going up this hill. And then you have to bring it back down, and then you keep going. I wanted to puke. I remember this. Like, it was not a good moment at all. But as I continued to push myself through this race, right, I finally got to the top, right? And all of a sudden, I was on the back stretch coming down. And, of course, the race got easier and easier and easier and easier. I'm only sharing the end of this because you really need to know this story because I'm proud of how it ended, all right? Because at the very end, there is a rope. And at the rope, you basically jump into this massive mud pit. And then you start to climb up the rope, and you have to ring this bell. 
If you ring the bell, you can continue on to the finish line, which was shortly after that. If you don't, you got to do 30 burpees. I got there, and I was able to climb that stinking rope. I got to the top. I rang the bell. I got out of the mud pit. I looked over, and I saw all these people doing their 30 burpees. Guess who I saw? David Clemenson. <laughs> doing 30 burpees in mud, looking up at me, going, No! And me doing this. Yeah, David. Uh-huh. And I ran past him, and of course I beat David Clemenson. So I didn't really need to share that part, but I felt it was necessary to share that part. Right. Thank you, Ben. David, if you're watching, in your face, right? But again, I, I honestly, I just share that because I remember the feelings, the moments, right? I remember so wanting to quit and not wanting to go forward, yet the solution was in front of me. The finish line was in front of me, which meant I had to go through these obstacles that were in front of me, Right? There were no options. This was how I get to the finish line. And this is our journey of life. And I feel in the Bible, one of the greatest stories that portrays this is we go all the way, and it's so fitting because I want to talk about the book of Exodus, right? And I want to talk about what happened there. Because the children of Israel, most of us know this story. Some of us, maybe we don't. I'm going to tell you something. If you have not read the book of Exodus, read the book of Exodus, Read the entire chapter because it is, it is a great example of our journey in life, of how we function and how we act, right? The great moments, the bad moments, the great moments, the bad moments. And I'm just going to share with you a little bit because we get a glimpse of how well God knows us because at the very beginning of this journey, before they actually even leave Egypt, right, God is setting them out on their journey and he decides to take them, take them on a different path. And there's a reason he does. Let me read it. It's out of Exodus 13, 17. It says that God did not lead them the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war. See, God knows our nature. I was talking to Vernon after the first service, right? And the journey God has taken him on, right? It could have gone this way or it could have gone this way. God actually, in all of our lives, including Vernon, right, he actually has provided a path that he's hoping we'll take. Because he knows if we see everything up front, our nature is this. We're not even going to start. This could have ended before it started if they had gone that route, but God knew this, so he sent them on the different direction. Not only that, God gave them a manifestation. So this is a moment. How many of you have had a manifestation of God? Okay, most of us in this room, okay, excellent. This is a God moment manifestation where God is, in a way, basically saying, this is me, and he's making it very obvious to them that it's him, right? And most of you know this. I'm skipping down a little bit. And it says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from the people. In fact, he left those manifestations the entire time. So they knew this was God. This was in front of them. We have those moments, those promises from God. How many of you have had a promise from God? 
How many of you are still waiting for that promise to happen? Okay, let me tell you something. The promise is in front of you, not behind you, right? The only way to the promise is to go forward. Just like these children, the temptation was to stop and go back, but the promise was in front of them. And I declare that to you right now. The promise is in front of you. It's not behind you. And so we know their nature. We know what begins to happen. We go to the Red Sea. Chapter 14, verse 11. Pharaoh was chasing them down, and they were scared. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? Can you imagine that? Let's abandon freedom because of the hardship it's going to take to get there and we'll be slaves forever. Wow. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, and this is one of your first keys to grab onto, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Did you hear that? Because I'll declare that again right now. Because whatever your situation is, this applies to you right now. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. Man, we sang that song for quite a while today. He will fight your battles That's what this is talking about, right? And you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, listen to this right now. This this next small part is so important. Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I mean, that is the answer right there. Do you feel that? Those moments? I've had them. I had them last week. Right, sitting there and talking to God and the complaining that began to come from my heart. This shouldn't be. This shouldn't be. Why are you complaining? I want you to go forward. I want you to go forward. The answer isn't where you're sitting. It's in front of you. It isn't sitting there and mulling over this to the point where it takes you out. It's in front of you. Right? There's a movie called The Last Samurai. There's a scene where they say, too much mind, too much mind. We overthink these things, and we actually don't trust the promises of God. This is the honest truth. There are promises from him, but something inside of us doesn't trust him. God, you need to capture that right now in our hearts, in my heart, where that lack of trust is there, God. We need to trust him fully, right? The promise didn't happen immediately right here, right? It didn't. They faced many trials, as so do we, right? Well, we know what happens after this. Cam alluded to it a couple weeks ago. We know Moses takes that staff, puts it up, and we know the Red Sea is parted, probably one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, right? One of the most amazing moments. If I would have been there, I don't know what I would have done. Fallen flat on my face before God. Well, I would have waited till I was on the other side, of course. But then I probably would have done that. What a wild moment. These guys knew it was a wild moment, too. I mean, then when we move on to verse, uh, the first 18 verses of Exodus 15, you don't have to put them up, right? 
is exactly what we did here today. Right? Exactly what we did here today. Declaring the truth through worship. Declarations. I mean, the first 18 18 verses is a declaration and a song of praise to God for what he just took them through. And I just want to read the last verse because I want us to declare what it says in there because I think it's so powerful. The last verse in this song says this. And they had something just like this, just like a tambourine, not quite, right? And they were shaking this thing, and this is what they said. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Right? This is what they declared. Right? Stand up with me for a minute. I want you to get the feel of this. Right? This is the moment they finished their song. Grace, you can do this way better than me, I know. Shake it. Go ahead. Right? Thank you very much. Right? All right, let me say this again. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Amen. This is exactly what they did. They celebrated just like we did. Right now. Do you feel the faith in the room? They did that exact thing, but all of a sudden, we get down the road just a little bit. What happens? We know this. I'm going to go over these quickly. Right? They know there are a few tests. Well, they don't know there's a few tests that come their way. We know the first one takes place in Exodus 15, 26. They complain to Moses because the water was bitter. Right? God moments. The Red Sea parts. Amazing worship. And this is the temptation. Just hear this out, man. Because in 35 minutes, we're going to be in a similar situation. Seriously, in 35 minutes, two hours, a phone call, a family member calls you. A situation arises in that moment. Their immediate words, right? Why did you bring us here, Moses? Why did you bring us here, Moses, right? Well, we know that Moses ends up praying, and we know the water is made sweet. And there is a second key here, uh, and it says this. It says, Moses says this to them. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. The blessing comes with obedience. Right? That's what he's telling them. The blessing comes with obedience regardless of the journey. Go forward. Go forward. If I've commanded you to go forward, then you go forward. Right? So we know this moment happens, and shortly after, we have another moment. Then we have the food test. And here's what they say. Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I mean, I hear in different words those similar conversations. God, why have you forsaken me? I don't have enough. I don't have enough. The answer is in front of you. The answer is still in front of you as we pursue him, as we go after him. And what happens in this one? I mean, it begins to rain bread, 
right? I shared in the first service, I'd love to see what you guys would do if it actually rained bread right now, right? Paul was telling me he wanted to bring bread in just to see, you know? What would we do in that moment where it just starts to rain bread? Let it, eat it. I would eat it to get carbs. <laughs> That's right. Again, I don't know. Like, I, definitely I'd eat it if I'm starving, but I'm not starving right now. I just fall on my face again because of the awe of God, the amazingness of our God. This is who we serve. Even though the journey is not always easy, he is so amazing. And then, of course, we get the last one in chapter 17. Once again, they're complaining about the water, and the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Wow. Whew. God takes us on some amazing journeys, doesn't he? And we have felt this way in one way or another. We, have, we may not have used those words in those terms, but we have gone through this, right? I remember when I moved to Wichita, Kansas, when I was 20 years old. I went there because I didn't have really any direction in my life. I wasn't sure what to do, right? Sometimes as young people, we get caught in this spiral of what does God want? I have no clue. And there are other things that affect us too, that side of us that doesn't want to get older, the responsibilities and all that stuff that comes with it. But I remember being in that flux place, and I'll be honest with you, I had everything I wanted at that time. I was living at Rick and Della's house. Man, the food was great. I was playing sports. I played football. I had a great church. I had a great young adult group. We had a lot of amazing things going on. And then I decide to go to Wichita, Kansas to serve the Lord for a year. Not really knowing why, just feeling like God said, you got to go do this, so I'm going to do it. And I ended up in Wichita basically because me and a friend of mine took a bunch of letters. We taped a, uh, a circle on the ground. We threw them in the air. We told the Lord, there were probably 20 or 25 of them, whatever ones land in the circle, we'll pray about. Three landed in the circle, one to Australia, one to Hawaii, and one to Wichita, Kansas. Where did I go? Those in the first service don't get to say it, right? I mean, he came back because he was going to school in Saskatchewan, and when he came back, we looked at each other, and it was as if we both didn't want to say it, right? I remember just looking at each other, and I looked at him, I'm like, it's Wichita, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, it's Wichita, man. Of all places, God took us to Wichita, but I see why now. Because when I went to Wichita, he stripped everything that I had. Everything. My TV, my love for sports, young adults groups, all the stuff I was accustomed to. Going to movies, gone. I'm living in the inner city in Wichita, Kansas, working with gangs at the time. I hated it. I'm not going to lie to you. I hated it. I remember the feeling. I'm like, our house is dirty I mean, there were cockroaches everywhere in our house. Everywhere. I hated it. Our alone time, there were no distractions. They were all gone. I hated it. Where's my TV? Where's the stuff, my go-tos? Gone. Wow, what a gift from God. Didn't see it in the moment. Selfish. Why'd you take them all away? I want to go home. 
I mean, I pushed through it because of that pride that's inside of me, right? I chose to stay. It took me three months to get past myself. Three months before I actually fell in love with the people. What did God do to me? He actually exposed that the love that was in my heart wasn't love at all. He showed me the weaknesses that I had. He showed me the lack of faith that I had. He showed me where my trust was actually in the things of the world. My joy was in the things of the world. I'd never want to admit that. And in the moment, I didn't think it was because our culture is so filled with so much of this. But he took it away. He stripped it. And when he stripped it, I actually started to fall in love with what he fell in love with. Then you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to move to Wichita forever. I wanted to camp there now too because I got comfortable there. And God said, you're not camping here. You're going home. Going home? What do you mean back home? You're going back home. In fact, you're going to Bible college as well because you don't really know anything about the Bible. I don't want to go to school. I hated school. But in Wichita, Kansas is where I received my call to ministry because I was willing to push through the moment, and I thank God for it every day right now. Did not see it in the moment. And we don't know what God's plan is because he is trying to push us through some of the things that are in front of us right now because his plan is in front of you. And we got to go after it. It's in front of us. 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 I'm telling you the other thing that happens sometimes, and I'm going to skip through this quick, is just what I was saying right there in Wichita, that desire to camp there and stay there. Because this is the other thing that keeps us back some time from the things of God and what he has for us, right? And it makes me think of Matthew 17, verses 1 to 5. And I'm just going to read it out, then we're going to explore it for about a minute or so. And it says this, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Another one of those moments. For all of us, this would be a moment that would floor us, and I'm not sure we would react much different than Peter did. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. An amazing God moment. And what do we want to do? We want to camp there and stay there, but we're not actually meant to stay there. Exactly what I wanted to do in Wichita. I wanted to stay in camp, but God said, no, this is not the journey. This is a moment in the journey, a good moment that is meant to build your faith, but it's just a moment in the journey. I love this because Peter asked this question, and in verse 5 it says this, while he was still speaking... Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came over, a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. No response at all. It's why it wasn't what it was about. And if we keep reading on, what happens next? Jesus goes and he heals a boy. 
He went from glory to glory to glory. Sometimes we want to camp in one glory. And he's saying, no, 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 that's not what you're meant to do. We're meant to go from glory to glory to glory. And I'll touch on this and I'll close because it made me think of all the, Derek and I actually appreciate a lot of the old revivals that took place and the Azuzu streets, Brownsville and all those things which are amazing moments and we thank God for them every time, right? I was in Brownsville as well. Let me tell you something. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to Azusa. I want to go to the revival that he has for us today. Because he has one for us, it's in front of us. And as we the people prepare ourselves before him, as we the people begin to make him our first love and give every single thing to him, we are going to see this revival. Amen? We are going to see this. I know it has been the cry of this church to see a revival break out. And I believe with all my heart it will happen. But it's going to look different than it did on Azuzu. But we learned a ton from those revivals, and in fact, we're still reaping the benefits of them. This very church is a byproduct of those revivals, right? Because of Robert McAllister, Amy Simple McPherson, who got in connection with those that were part of the revival and the teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it spread across Canada. There are Pentecostal churches all across our nation, and today they are doing the exact same thing we are. Worshiping God, souls are getting saved, people's journeys are changing. Powerful. We're still reaping the benefit of those moments. The next moment will come, but let me tell you something. It's in front of us. Right? It's in front of us. And it's going to look different. We're going to have to get past some of the expressions and the way we think things should look. Because let me tell you something. Is God worthy of his praise? Regardless of how it looks. It does not matter. When we come in here, whether you like the song or don't, he is worthy of his praise. Right? If you're tired or not, he is worthy of his praise. He is trying to get us past again how we feel in the moment in realizing the greater cause that as we partner with him, everything begins to change. Everything. I'm going to close with this. What we don't want to happen... This happens in Malachi chapter 1. Read the whole thing when you go home. All of Malachi. Because to me, it's a great illustration of some of the issues that are in front of us if we let them. And there actually is an accusation that comes in Malachi, and it's this. If you love us, God, show us. And they actually get reprimanded for it in a moment. And then Malachi shares a prophetic word for them. And I just want to read the last little part of it because within this we see the dangers. It says, From the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering. We could stop right there. A pure offering is what he's after. A pure offering. This isn't to bring guilt on you, but this morning, were we able to bring a pure offering? This is the goal, to bring a pure offering before the Lord. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts, but you profane it 
In that way, you say the table of the Lord is defiled. And its fruit, its food, is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick, lest you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? May we not grow a weariness that keeps us from pursuing the Lord and we start to bring an offering to him that is not pleasing, which means this. We may raise our hands and say the words, but our heart is far from him. We know where we're at. I just want you to close your eyes for a minute, and I want you to be honest. How many of us today would honestly say, I feel weary in my faith? I feel weary. I'm not going to lie, but I just want you to put your hands up. I feel weary in my faith. Yeah, that's a lot of us. Oh, God, where this weariness lies, may you reignite the fire of Jesus Christ in our hearts. We, may we remember our first love. May we remember our first moments with you, God. And from this moment forward, I pray that that weariness would fall to the ground. And I pray, God, today that we would actually commit to saying, no, I will go after you with everything in my heart. I will not allow this weariness to overtake me. I will not offer you a sacrifice that I know is not worthy. I will bring you a worthy sacrifice. I will fight through my emotions. I will fight through my pains. I will fight through my hardships. I'm going to go forward on this journey, oh God. Because the solution to the weariness is to come before him. So God, I pray a blessing on each one in this place. I pray that as we leave here, in 35 minutes, in an hour, God, that we will still walk with you the same as we're committing our heart right now. That we will not allow that moment to shift us, to alter our direction, that we will fight through those moments. We will stay faithful to you and we will build on our faith and we will go forward, we will go forward, we will go forward, we will go forward. We will not stop, we will not look back, we will not dwell on past great times in our life. We are going forward because that's where you want us to go, God. So bless each one in this place, we pray in Jesus' name, and bless everybody watching online. Can we say amen? Amen. Be blessed and encouraged. We are on a journey together. We need to encourage each other. And when you're down, don't hide. Find the body of Christ. Because we're meant to pull each other up. Bless you in Jesus' name.